Good afternoon, everybody. This is your host, Ricard G. Noel, and I welcome you to the World Word episode 23. I'm here with my co-host, your boy Pastor Santa. Come on, the house. With a very special guest, please introduce yourself. Before we say that, this is a legend. This is a legend, great man of God, official husband, father, um, humble. Whenever you need him, he's always there for you, one hundred percent. So I want to give a shout out to this amazing man of God. Tell him, tell him, John Lennon. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean. All right, so uh, my name is Andre Ricketts, and I'm just, I'm just a dude, man. Whatever. Shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out. I want to thank everyone that's been donated to the real word. It's, it's been a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful collective, I guess, coalition in a sense where everyone has come together and we all put hands together and we have been able to, I guess, gather so much money in such a small amount of time. I want to thank all the people that gave, all the churches that gave, all the people that reached into their pockets and opened up their hearts and that gave so much to us. I thank you all for that. I thank you for supporting the real word in every initiative that we have put out so far. The diaper drive was successful and we hope that the turkey drive is successful. Everybody, if you know anyone who needs a turkey, we're trying to feed families. We're trying to feed almost 50, 60, 70 families if we can. If you know anyone that needs a turkey for this Thanksgiving, just come through at 920 Park Place that's located in Brooklyn, New York. Come between 4 and 6, we're going to give out turkeys. Just invite all your friends, all your family, tell somebody to tell somebody to tell somebody to tell somebody. Again, the address is 920 Park Place. It's located in the Hebron SDA School, that big creepy old building that you always see um, on Park Place in New York Avenue. So that's where we at. Brother Sanders? Yes, I'm very much excited. Um, I know that we will be taking um, the last um, final donations by Wednesday because I know Wednesday we should be able to get the turkeys and everything like that. We'll let you know the estimation of how much we get. Plus, also, too, um, we're going to have Pharrell who's going to match by giving 25 turkeys to us. So I'm very much excited shout about out, that. Shout out to that. Shout out to iServe for, for, for your donation. Shout out to Franco Haitian for the support. Shout out to Jordan River, SDA Church. Shout out to The Real Word Ministries. And shout out to The Winner Circle Church and everybody else that's been supporting, everybody else that's been donating, everybody else that's been giving out. But big shout out to Jordan River because y'all came out and y'all supporting, y'all gave a lot of money. So shout out to you. Facts. It all starts at home and shout out to my home church. Yes, sir. So basically, we have this legend here. Um, what you want to tell the people, my guy? <laughs> uh, well, uh, my name is Andre Ricketts. Okay. I have a ministry with my wife called Alter Inc. Okay. And uh, Alter Inc. is just geared towards transforming the minds of the people in the church and in the community uh, from the way that society has conditioned us to think back to the Word of God. So, and Wait, let, let, let me just stop you there. How would you describe the way society has programmed us to think now? Well, uh, I, that can touch many, 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 many uh, areas. Uh, but when I speak to young kids in elementary schools and in junior high schools and in high schools and colleges, uh, one of the ways that society has conditioned us to think is society, when we go to school, when you were in kindergarten, you, you looked at the ceiling, you saw all these professions around the ceiling. You saw like a mailman, you saw like a nurse, you saw uh, like regular everyday professions. 
So from that from that age period, and there's nothing wrong with those professions, but from that age period, we have been conditioned in these kinds of communities. We've been conditioned to say, you know what, these are the things. This is what I'm going to aspire to in this alone. So our mindset has been society has set our mindset to say, listen, you go to school, you get an education, and then you go out and you work for somebody. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what it is that you want. But they don't teach us that we're supposed to take this education. Like I go to, I go to after I get out of high school and I go to college, I pay like a hundred thousand dollars for an education, and then I go to work for somebody who's not going to pay me to pay the debt back on that education that I just took a loan out to to, to get. That's true. So they don't tell us that we can take this knowledge that it is that we have and we can go into ownership, and they purposely don't do that because they want us to be the horse pulling the carriage. And they can, there, there you go. And when you go to the communities outside, like when these kids graduate from high school, when they graduate from college in the communities outside of these urban, these urban settings, uh, they tell them, all right, go out and I'll conquer the world. But then they tell us, all right, go, go out and find a good job. And, uh, go I like you shall say that, right? I knew, I met a lawyer at one of those after-work gathering social events, and he told me he went to Fordham Law School. And he had a professor there, and he said the difference between the kids who go to law school at Fordham and the difference between the kids that go to law school at Columbia, they're teaching them at Columbia Law School how to take over the world. They're just teaching us how to be lawyers. And I said, what do you mean? He said, look at the lawyers that went to Columbia, Alexander Hamilton, founding father, Barack Obama, first black president. But then you look at Fordham, they're just teaching you how to do the job, not to take over. And I think in regards to Ivy League, that's like a whole class within itself of people and they have their own selective group and a selective class where because they went to that school they're in a separate club from everyone else just off that name of the Ivy League and in a sense that is programmed because they said majority of the kids that attend Ivy League had parents and grandparents that already went there that gives them the extra foot in so it's almost like the continued rhetoric of the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer you would say right yeah and it's, it's it's all because of a mindset. It's all because of uh, mental mental slavery. They, they keep us in a mindset where we believe that this is what it is that we have to do. We look at our parents. Our parents did the same thing. Our parents worked hard, 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 hard to provide a life for us. And uh, we grew up thinking, oh, man, I got to do the same thing. And, again, there's nothing wrong with that. And shout out to Fordham University also. My wife went to Fordham. Yeah, shout out to Fordham. A good school. I make fun of her all the time. <laughs> I make fun of her all the time for, for that very fact. So she's probably going to kill me when I, when I get home. But, uh, yeah. So it's so all a mentality. And society has had a hold on us in that mentality where we don't even own anything in our communities. Those people come into our communities and then they bring their their businesses here. Laundry mats. They take out, but they don't put in. But that's a sense of systematic racism in the sense that those people, they either put their money together as a collective, I guess, collective cup versus or they go to the banks and they get actual loans. Like, like what, what I learned, because I, because I meet a lot of different people, what I learned is certain people, they have those inner connections, as in like, they have family members that do real estate, then they have friends and family that work at the banks, and they have people that has connections to distributors. So if you have the distributors, you have the location, you have the real estate, you put all that stuff together, and then there you go, you already have that extra leg up. For us, it's kind of hard for some of us to get the loans, especially since we weren't taught about credit, and most of us don't know about those type of things. Well, 
what I would say to that is the one thing I heard uh, Umar Johnson speak on this before where he said, you know, the Chinese can come in here and they can get loans and then the, the uh, Indian, the Asians can come in, the Chinese and the Indians can come in here and they can get loans quickly. So like if I own a, a if they wanted to open up, if the Indians wanted to open up a 7-Eleven, they're going to get a loan like that. If the Chinese wanted to come in and get a loan to open up a Chinese restaurant, they're going to get a loan like that. But the thing is, Chinese restaurants don't fail. 7-Elevens don't fail. What is it that we have that doesn't fail? What niche do we have that doesn't fail? We don't have a niche. We haven't created a niche for ourselves which doesn't fail. So when we Many times when uh, African Americans go to a bank to get a loan, one, their business plan is spotty, they don't have a good business plan, and they just have a general idea that, you know what, just give me this money, let's see if this idea works. Chinese restaurants are not going to fail, and you can have six Chinese restaurants on the same block, they're all going to make money. You can have seven elevens all over the place, they're all run by the same people, they're still going to make money, because they have a niche. What is our niche? What do you think is our niche? Uh, what do you think should be our niche? Well, I believe I I, I, I don't believe in in a cultural in a cultural thing. As a as a Christian, I believe that uh, God has called all Christians to be to be business owners, and either white, either black, purple, brown, yellow, whatever. And uh, the principles that come out of out of Christian business is different than the principles that come out of businesses outside of that. Where uh, it's there to not to, it's not there just to make money for you, but it's there to develop the people that are around you. It's there to change the atmosphere of the people and the communities that those Christian businesses are in. And that's what God is looking for from His people. He's looking for Christian businesses, and God has created actually those who believe in Him to own everything. That's amazing. That's amazing. Shout out to the viewers. I see Nate and I see Naomi. Shout out to you guys. Nate said that's a great man right there. Facts. <laughs> I told you the Beatles. I told you John Lennon mixed with Paul McCartney. Oh, you know what? We all bald headed and got beards. <laughs> yes, yes. Shout out to Team Bald Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> That's right. So basically, I wanted to basically ask this. So my thing is that um, with Alter Inc., what exactly do you guys do exactly? Oh man, what do we do? Yes. So uh, we do like uh, there's so many so many stuff, man. I just whatever it is that is needed inside the church, whatever is needed inside the community. I okay. Can, I don't. We don't have a. We don't have a. This is what it is that we specifically do. We whatever it is that we can that can be done to uh, progress the community. Okay. In the, name of, in, the, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is what it is. Okay. That we do. Let me ask you this: What are five things you guys feel like you guys accomplish as a ministry? All right. Five things. So, all right, youth ministry, uh, going into schools and doing motivational speaking, letting them know that they can be greater than what society tells them that they wow. are. Wow. Beautiful. Uh, we, uh, I used to, we went into, uh, I was at a school in uh, Brooklyn the other day, and I put a program there where I, I'm an author, and uh, these kids were so shocked when they, they see, they see like this person that they see every day, like, man, you, you're an author? I'm standing next to an author? I'm like, yeah, man, it's nothing special about me, you can do the same thing. Now, you are special, though. <laughs> <laughs> you're amazing. I wanted to let them know, because they, they see. Wow. They see people on TV. Yeah. So they see like LeBron James. They see the president. They see all these people on TV, and they think all oh, these people are great, and I can't be like them. So I'm like, nah, man. There's nothing different between me and you. You can be an author as well. So we put a program there where they uh, wow. they wrote a book. 
and that book is uh, being sold by some uh, a children's uh, a children's uh, book program, a children's book program. But they sat down for the for one summer, and uh, we had uh, another author author come in and help them, you know, structure what they were writing, and four of them put together. That's beautiful. Uh, uh, an intermediate book uh, for the ages of for a junior high school age. That's amazing. So they're that's the that's, that, that's innovative. So that's one. <laughs> give give me four more. Uh, so we do business consulting as well. We okay. we uh, you know encourage people to open businesses and give them ideas on how it is that they can begin to do so. Wow. Uh, we sat down with a three years ago when we started. My wife used to be an international business consultant, so she used to travel you know to Europe and. She used to travel to Canada and consult people in their businesses, but we decided that we want to do this for our own people. So three years ago, when we decided, you know what, we're going to leave our jobs and we're going to start our own stuff, and we sat down with two of our friends, their name is Victor and Nicole, and we all sat down and said, you know yes. what, God has, God has called us to... I see what you guys did. ...to own our own stuff. Yes, so yes. We, we worked on a ministry, mm-hmm. and we were working on opening up a home care agency then, and... They were working on their ministry, which was centered in the health message, uh-huh. and they wanted to open up a cafe. And what happened after that? So we worked for three years. Mm-hmm. In January, our home care agency opened up, and last week, last week, their cafe opened up. Isn't that something? So the thing is, shout out, shout out. So we got a, a guy right here who's not just talking about supporting people, but is actually supporting people. And I'm glad you came here because. We've been trying to get you for a minute. You feel me? I think you're trying to duck us. You know what I'm saying? But I know that you've been very, very busy grinding and everything. I wish you appreciate. So just tell us two more, two more things, and I know Ricardo's got you after this. Uh, wow. Do, uh, wow. Community outreach. Okay. Um, whenever there's like a shooting, we'll go on to the like we, we did that last time. Yes. Summer. Yes. We beautiful. go on to the streets and we try to 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 uh, quell the fears and, and the anger that's in the people. Yes. Let's know that. God is understands and God is still in the mix. Yes, we do like a whole lot of homeless outreach, like how, how you guys do. Or yes, any, anybody's in need of anything, we try to figure out a Definitely. way to be able to provide for them. And we, we I preach. Uh, that's what's up. That's what. Listen, I wanted to even add to say this. You see, my man, wrong moves. Like I said, he um he went back inside. Um, but they gave him uh, a lot of senses for the mere fact that he was been with us coming to church and doing community service. And basically, um, when he comes back out, like he's fully committed to the Lord. He wants to be baptized. He wants to change his life. And that's it. So I just want to let you just want to just thank you so much for sowing that seed towards him as well, too. So so I thank God for that. Tremendous seed. Did somebody um comment? Wow. Nate. Okay, it's Nate. Mm-hmm. So... I remember the event you guys had at Hebron Youth Church, and it was a successful event, and you was talking more so about relationships, and I guess you talked about marriage, court, courtship, and how you should court the same way that Jesus Christ court us, in a sense. Yeah, and it brought a lot of youth together, because a lot of youth, it would seem like, I could say, they did not know how to date as a Christian, in a sense, and, and a lot of them... A lot of them came actually to, I guess, find mates in a sense, find find a boyfriend or find a girlfriend. I know a few women that came looking for husbands and a few guys like, okay, let's see, like maybe if a Christian girl's coming here, maybe she's looking for a Christian man. I'm a Christian man, let me go over here and see if I can find someone. And I think that's what a lot of them had in mind. Um, in regards to all of that, I say that to say this. 
that nowadays it is hard for us to find, I guess, a relationship within the church or someone that's in the church more so because it would seem at times that, I guess I could say for a while it was mostly more women going to church than men because men most of the time when they grew up to a certain age they'll, they'll leave the church. That's right. And women in a sense sometimes... I guess men could feel like, yeah, these women are in the church, but they're similar to women outside of the church, in a sense. And I guess, like, that created a stigma, and that created, I guess, friction between the both of them. How do you feel about that? Well, what I would say is, what I would say is to, uh, I always use biblical stories to figure out what it is that I should do with any kind of situation. Um, and I, I believe that as Christians, that's how it is that we're supposed to live. I believe wholly and completely that no one should be looking for uh, looking for a mate. And the reason why I say that is uh, it's studying the the story of how Isaac found a wife. Uh, he didn't have to look. So in that story, we have Abraham, we have Eliezer, we have Isaac. <coughs> They play as symbols of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So Abraham speaks to Eliezer and says, I want you to go and find a wife for my son. And you don't go, when you go to this place, only go to this place, only go to my people, don't go to anybody else. Don't go to anybody else. And don't say anything other than what I tell you to say. So when we're speaking about the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit only speaks what the Father tells him to speak. And it's the Holy Spirit that draws people to Jesus Christ. He, it's the Holy Spirit that draws uh, uh, believers to Christ. Believers are, are, the church is considered as a woman. As considered, Paul calls her a comely virgin waiting to be espoused to uh, her uh, Christ, her bride. So it's the Holy Spirit that brings the bride to Christ. Christ doesn't go looking. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So Eliezer played the job of the Holy Spirit. Abraham played the part of God the Father. So he goes out and he finds, Eliezer goes out and he starts looking for this woman. So he goes out and he sees uh, the woman at the well, a whole bunch of women at the well drawing water. He's like, you know, the, the one that helps me is the one that's going to be uh, my bride. Is it going to be the bride for Isaac? So the only one that helped him was the one that filled up water, not just for him, but for tending his camels. Now, a camel can hold 30 gallons of water. Man had 10 camels. So she filled camels. She carried 300 gallons worth of water to fill up all of these, these, these camels. So it sowed a, a, a sense of service. This is somebody who's looking to serve. And he saw the character in that woman to say, you know what? This woman would be one who would be like a backbone, who would help uh, Isaac fulfill his purpose. She's the one that would be would be willing to like serve in fulfilling and helping Isaac fulfill the purpose that the Lord had created him for. And again, that's when the Holy Spirit is looking for a mate for you. He's looking for a wife for for you, for me, for you, for, what, for your wife, for my wife, and for soon come a wife for you. He's looking for someone who is willing to help you to fulfill the purpose that God has created in you. Because that's what a help need is. The Hebrew word for help need is ezer, which means military aid. Someone who's going to be there for you in military aid. Because there's no one else out there in the world who's looking to hold you up more than the person that's next to you, your wife. We go out there in the world, and especially because of this, 
The whole world is against us. But the only one that's supposed to help us up, that help me, that military aid, and then when we have spiritual attacks and when we're down and when we don't feel like praying, we don't feel like reading our Bible, it's that spiritual military aid, our help me, that's supposed to help keep us up. And that's what Eliezer saw in her. That's what the Holy Spirit sees in a wife that, that the Holy Spirit finds in you. So, Eliezer brings her back. When he brings her back, he sees, uh, she sees Isaac in the distance in the field. What is he doing in the field? What was Isaac doing in the field when she when Eli, when Eliezer brought back his wife? Put us on, preacher. Uh, he was he was worshiping. So the first thing that she sees is that this man has a spiritual life. Wow. And then they 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 meet with each other. So the Holy Spirit is the one that draws the wife to to the man. The man doesn't have to go looking. The wife doesn't have to go looking. The wife doesn't have to. Woman doesn't have to go looking at all. That's not her job. Her job, she's a jewel. A jewel is meant to be found. A jewel doesn't go looking for somebody to put to put around their neck or put them on their, their head. People go into the depths of Africa and dig into mines looking for jewels. A jewel is meant to be found. The Holy Spirit finds that jewel for you and brings that jewel to you. You don't have to go looking for it. And if, for a woman, if the Holy Spirit is drawing you to someone, the first thing that you're supposed to look at is, do they have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do they have... Can I see a resemblance of a spiritual life? That's real. And that's that's not, that's even before you connect with somebody. That's before you even start talking to someone. You see, you know, if you feel drawn to someone, does that person have a spiritual life? So that's how that that situation there will quell that problem where you don't have to go, man. There's no people in my church and blah blah blah. blah. If you don't see the character of of, of, of Christ in, in in any of the men in your church, then wait on the Lord. The Lord, the Holy Spirit will draw you. At that time, do what Isaac was doing. Isaac was building his relationship with his Heavenly Father. And he was 40 years old. So he was he, he was up there in age. So if you haven't found anybody yet, continue building your relationship with your Lord, your Heavenly Father. And in the time that he sees fit, when he sees that you're ready, because people are saying, God, give me somebody that I deserve, but you don't deserve to be with that person. Like God has somebody prepared for you. But if he puts you with that person, you'll tear that person down. So you have to worry about, am I prepared? Am I ready? Some of us, we just want to be in a relationship. We want to be in that connection, but we're not prepared. And we'll overlook that fact. But, yeah, that's what that, that, that story, that's the, the picture that that story brings to me that calls that situation where if you, if you can't find somebody there, then just wait on the Lord. Yeah, so Sanders, how, how do you feel about what... Mr. Rick is just that. I am. Um, I agree with him in regards to. Um, yes, you're in the state of courting right now. I'm guessing. Right? I'm not. I'm not courting nobody. I'm not courting nobody. I'm not dating anybody. <laughs> I am single right now. <laughs> so so I you're waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. However, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm not rushing. There's nothing wrong with you know getting to know people, but in relationships mm -hmm. with people. Um, but for me, I think. I know for me, what I'm looking for in my life right now, especially with what we're doing, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, our ministry, our churches, um, you know, having a business, having have business, having business with you, um, starting up this bakery coming up this spring, the, the goal and the objective is marriage, you see what I'm saying, um, and you know, I'm 30 years old, so it was, there, there was never no rush, there was never no baby mama situation, so for me, um, you know, um, whoever she is, you know, I'm 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 on your list. 
<laughs> Whoever you know who you is, but like I said, I, in the meantime, you know, we're grinding. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting, Stay I'm getting, focused. I'm seeing, I'm, I'm getting my house in order. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, we're making investments. We're doing a lot of things in the scene. Um, things are are gonna happen. And um, like I said, my my only concern is. Um, we don't want nobody to be in a situation when things are going great. You see what I'm saying? You know what I mean. You know what well, I'm saying? It's interesting that you would say that, you know, you're staying focused on something. Uh, many people, they allow the desire to be in a relationship, the, the desire to be married over power, the focus that they're supposed to be having on yeah. what they're supposed to be doing at that time. Yeah. Uh, Paul says that. You know, a uh, single, single man and a single woman are supposed to concern themselves with the things of the Lord, while a married man and a married woman can concern themselves with the things of uh, their husband or their wife. Yes, teach. Which means that while you're single... <laughs> you got stuff me going crazy. Well, while, you, while you're single, mm -hmm. God has a purpose for you, a spiritual purpose and an earthly purpose. Your yeah. spiritual purpose is everyone should have a ministry. You should have a ministry, I should have a ministry, you yep. should have a ministry. Anybody who believes in the, the Lord and Savior of Jesus Christ should have a ministry in some way, shape, or form as their talents uh, uh, provide. So not everybody is supposed to be a speaker. If you're a musician, your ministry is yeah. proclaiming the name of the Lord through, through speaking. If you're an artist, if you can draw, proclaiming the name of the Lord through art. If you speak, proclaiming the name of the Lord through speech. If you sing, doing it through singing. Yeah. So that's your, your spiritual purpose. Jesus Christ had a spiritual purpose. He was preparing to to be the one who was supposed to save the souls of mankind. Then you have an earthly purpose. This is where you, another area where your focus is supposed to be. Wow. Your earthly purpose is, all right, God has given you gifts. He's given you talents. He's given you wisdom. He's given you knowledge. Some of us who have education, how are you going to use that to benefit yourself? Wow. So, you know... Jesus had a, 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 a gift, a talent, a trade. His gift, his earthly gift, his earthly talent, his earthly trade was carpentry, which he learned from his father. He had his own business. He had his own carpentry business, and he took care of his own. His, he took care of his household after his father passed away. Wow. So uh, he had an earth, and he was focused on this. He wasn't focused on on you know I need to find a wife or you know I need to be in a relationship. Many people focus on that, and it causes them to miss out on their spiritual and their earthly, focusing on their spiritual and their earthly purpose. It causes them to ruin, it ruins, when people go to school and they focus on relationships in school, it ruins their grades, yes. it ruins their focus on, you know what, uh, God is calling you to open up a business, but your focus is on, I want to, you know, work on this relationship here. It's like, like a doctor, someone who's working to be a doctor. Many people, like 99% of people who are going into med school, they break up with their whoever it is that they're in because they say I don't have the time to be in a relationship with anybody. I got to I got I have to focus. That's what God's looking for us. It's real. That's real. Yeah. So let's go to some comments. Yes. Just responding back. That's all. Mm -hmm. By the way, turn down the. We have uh, Ricketts and Rick's mic. Okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. Make the sound guy talk about sound as usual. Yes. Um, Stephanie says you better speak. So thanks for Stephanie. Facts. So speaking of focus, let's focus in on this. Um, I feel like, like what you said, we all do have a purpose and we all do have a certain calling from the Lord in itself. And I think that once you do focus on one thing, everything else does fall in line. I feel like with me, it all started with my spirituality because there was times when I had money, there's times when I didn't have money, there's times when I was doing great in school, there's times when I wasn't doing great in school. 
But I feel like once I align myself more with the spirit, then everything else started to fall in line. When I started to pray more, be, be, before I was even recognized by a church, because yes, church was put by God himself, but at the same time, church today is more so too much involved in politics and the emotions of man plays into it a lot. So I feel like it starts in your heart at first. So I had to build my connection with God. It was sometimes when I was in isolation basically where I was living alone. I used to be in my room. I used to call my room um, serenity because when I went there, it, it was peace. Like it was a four-cornered wall room and everything was all in white. And on the wall it said the serenity prayer, God forgive me for the things I cannot change. And so like every day I would read that on the wall. Every day I would read that on the wall. Every day I would read it. Every morning I would wake up and I'd... I had the room with no blinds, so when I so every morning the sun would come into the room and it would light the room up, so all the room was white. And then I would pray, and then right before I went to sleep, I would pray again. Like the the room never really got dark; it was always a little bit of light shining in the room. And in that room, I used to read, I used to pray, I used to think, I used to study, and then. So, no one really saw what I did in that room, but people saw the after effect when I got out the room, when I came out, and the changes that it did in me. And I feel like that's where it all stems from. I think too much people, they rely on other people to make them better, as in like, they rely on maybe a relationship or someone that's doing better than them, or, or like, they rely on the church to like, help them rise up. And I feel like they rely too much on man than on God. And, and I feel like that's, that's where the disconnect is nowadays. Well, that's, that's very true in, in regards to relationships. Some people put, you know, uh, uh, somebody that they may be in a relationship in the seat that God is supposed to have on their heart. And uh, many people are, are depressed and they try to use that to heal the depression. And only Jesus can do that. So before you can, before you can have somebody, you need to focus on Christ. To be on the throne of your heart so that you may be able to be have a real and true relationship with somebody else. Because when that person fails you, your whole world, your whole world falls apart. In regards to the church, relying on the church, uh, that's another issue that many people uh, fall from. Uh, we are supposed to have an understanding of what it is that we believe for ourselves. So. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if somebody went to theology school. I'm supposed to be able to know my word just as much as the individual that went to uh, that went to Oakwood or that went to went to Andrews. I'm supposed to be able to understand, know my Bible as well as them. And I can't just when when I'm called before God and I say, well, my pastor said X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to be held responsible for what my pastor said. God's going to say, well. You had the Bible. That's right. I gave you the That's Holy right. Spirit. I told you that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. You should rely on me. So we need to also stop putting our full reliance on this. Because I hear people bashing the church a lot. I hear people say, oh, the reason why the young people are the, are the way that they are is because the church doesn't meet whatever, whatever needs that it is that they have. Or the church doesn't speak on this or the church doesn't speak on that. But yet, you're in charge of your spirit, your own, your own spirituality. Yeah, God has given you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads you and guides you into not just a little bit of truth, and not just pieces of truth, but all truth. So if we spend the time that it is that we need to spend in, in prayerful, spirit-led <laughs> study, then our, our need for the church to spoon-feed us every single thing, 
it's like it's like uh, it's like a, a democratic church where it's like the people are looking for Democrats are looking for I get key. I need this kind of program, that kind of program, and this kind of benefit, that kind of benefit, instead of doing for themselves. Seeing yeah. what it is that they can do for themselves. You need to sit down and study your word and, and build your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, not the church's relationship with Jesus Christ. And you, you are the church, so you should, be, you, should, you should be connecting yourself to the source of power. I think, I think what a lot of young people nowadays, they have big egos but low self-esteem. As in, like, they think so grand of themselves, but when it's time for them to do certain things, Facts. they can't do them themselves. I remember when we had a business meeting at my church, and they were saying all the things that the church lacked. And we was basically complaining to the pastor, we need this, we need this, we need this. The pastor was like, so do it. He was like, fine, we're going to do it. And that was what we were saying for years and years and years and years. But when we finally did do it, things started to happen. You understand? Like, we started to throw events in the church we started to uh, like start. We started a choir recently. Um, we we did the praise team. We got instruments. We got a piano player. We got a drummer. We got brand new drum set. So now we just started the Pathfinder Club. We just started this Saturday. So it's like, and this was a small church that had like 25 people at one point. That's a fact. So now we have like close, more closer to like 100, if not that. Like we were able to reinvest in ourselves and rebuild the church. But like you said. If there's a need, you gotta provide it. I think perfect example is the show. People always said, "Oh, there's a need where young people could come and speak freely and say how they feel." There's, there's, there's a lot of young people in the community that has so much to say, but no one gives them the platform to say it. We did that, and we speak about issues, and we give people a platform. And it's not like it's not like the conventional you know, where like people only put like their friends that's on or they wait till you're big and then like that's oh yeah right. this person is a refined speaker like they speak so grand this person's so big this person has a great following people know about him his father was such a great preacher let's put him on to come preach for our event it's not like that we get the youngest person to the most oldest person it that's doesn't beautiful. matter if you're big or if you're small that's like beautiful. as long as you have something that you could say that has substance to the people then it'll resonate and at the end of the day God honors that God honors that because there's there's not a, there's not an agenda there's not a notorious motive and there's not um there's not an agenda there's not a notorious motive and it's not favoritism which is beautiful God honors that but the thing is the people have to support man if, if they're crying if they're crying out if they're crying out that they're not having it they don't have that thing, that that thing and then you create that platform for them and they don't support. You gotta stop complaining. Uh, exactly. I've seen this the other day. I've seen this the other day. You know, people say the church is boring, the church is white, the church is dry. You're boring. You're whack. <laughs> You're dry. You gotta be you gotta able. Do it. You gotta do it yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like we came together, Ricardo and myself. You know what I'm saying? Lay aside ourselves. We said, you know what? Here's a need. Let's come together. Let's make it happen. You know what I'm saying? And, and I gotta just be clear. We're not. We're not. We're not rich. <laughs> we're rich in Christ. You know what I'm saying? Yet, <laughs> you feel me? But we can come together and we can make things happen. Sure. I agree with you 100%. I can say that there are people supporting because we went from taking a week for us to hit 1,000 views, tweaks hit 1,000 views, and the last episode hit 3,000 views in one week. So I can say there are people that's watching, and, and I always think the viewers and I always think the supporters, but people like you think we're just sitting in front of the the screen and things just happen no like all of this costs money and it takes, it takes a lot of effort man, it takes a lot of time a lot of sacrifices um naomi shout out to naomi she said recall you mentioned something very important 
solitude? How does a young person find that environment to hear God more? Unfortunately, there are certain living conditions that make it hard to do to, to hear God. It's very true, man. I, I, I like I living in New York. I find it hard to uh, find that solitude. But you gotta find. You have to find a quiet. You have to find a quiet place. You, you know, for some people, for some people, for me, it's it's the bathroom. Mm -hmm. You know, say for some people, it, it could be the closet. For some people, it could be it could be. Going Hold on. To she said. She said a little bit more. Fortunately, there are certain living conditions that make it harder to hear God's voice. What should a young person do in a stifling environment if they want to hear God in a quiet place? Hmm. You gotta create. You gotta create. You have to. F Pray about finding a place where you can find that kind of solitude. Yeah. For people who live in the city, it's kind of hard. But you have to pray, and you know God will provide that place. If it's a tiny closet. Yeah, or a bathroom. Bathroom. That's the most time I, I talk to God in the bathroom. I'm going to give you guys an example, right? Yes, sir. I can say certain people, like, they're mad. They're mad discipline within their faith, and I can say Muslims are. One day, I was walking down J Street, by wow. 300 J Street, downtown Brooklyn, right outside of the courthouse. And in the middle of the day, in the middle of lunchtime, this Muslim guy took out his mat, and he threw it on the middle of the street. And he went down, and he prayed while people was walking by, foot traffic, street traffic, everywhere. He just prayed. He, he probably had inner solitude, which is once he zones out and he prays to Allah, Nothing else is around him. Like he, he's physically there, but spiritually and mentally there, he's not there. He's, he's amongst. You don't always have to find a physical place. Like Rickett said, you could find a closet. Like you said, you could use the bathroom. Um, the same thing when we pray. Sometimes when we pray and we drop to our knees and we bow our heads, sometimes there's a lot of stuff going around us. Focus, yeah. But we close our eyes and we talking to God, so yeah. we find inner peace. Um, to someone that's in a difficult situation where, like, there's a lot going on, I think that you you can find a quiet place. Like, sometimes a lot of us are scared to pray in public places. That's true. Public places like the library or, like, maybe another quiet place where you could go. But you could even pray in your heart. Sometimes you would go to the park. Like, you go to a park and sit on a bench and pray. Like, I met this lady. She said she goes to the park to just to find peace. Like, she watches people walk by and she finds peace in that. One thing that she said uh, about the the guy that pulled out his his uh, wow. his his uh, little mat to pray, uh, and he found that inner peace. Even Jesus, like when the disciples came, they saw Jesus praying, and they're surrounding him. And Jesus didn't even know that they were there because he was so in tune with his heavenly Father. But one thing that you can see from the life of Jesus when he wanted to get away from chaos. Like as soon as like as soon as the day started, people were like looking for Jesus. Like man, like this guy, he's healing. Like crowds would mob him. People wanted to hear him. People wanted to be healed. So what he would do is he'd get up before the sun rose, before everybody got up, before all the hustle and the bustle of the day, and he would find a place to sit down and pray. So maybe uh, what you can do, Naomi, and anybody else who's in the situation. What I found that that helps for me also um, is getting up before the sun rises, getting up before everybody else gets up. And to spend some time with God before the day the day begins, and that alone transformed my <coughs> life. And you know, even though I'm still in like a house with that's you know stuff packed from wall to wall, or you know there's noise going on when I was living at my parents' house, and there's so many people in the house, my brothers and my sisters, and my brother's kids, and my mother, and my father. But I, when everybody's sleeping, 
I was able to find that peace, that quietness, that stillness. And God was sitting there waiting for me at that time. And, you know, we are expected to wake up before the sun rises. This is, all right, so get this. So when did manna fall from, from heaven? In the like, morning. In the morning. What time? When, 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 when did it fall? Like, 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 before, before the sun rose. Yeah. When the sun rose, then the manna, and they didn't pick up that manna before they, the sun rose. It was spoiled. Yeah. So they had to get up before the sun rose to pick that manna up. But was it was it also a dew as well too? Um, I no. mean, not 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 at not at not at that time. Not I mean, the morning. Okay. Dew is back in um, Genesis. Yeah. Um, like how like God would would uh, would uh, water the garden in the morning because there's no rain. Yeah, exactly. That That's right. So he'd water the garden back at that time by causing a, a dew to come up in the morning. But, so the manna fell in the morning before the sun rose. The people had to get up and get that manna. Jesus comes and he says, now, I am the bread that falls from heaven. If any, I, like your, your forefathers ate manna and they're dead. But I am the bread that falls from heaven, just like that manna fell from heaven. And if you eat of me, you will live. And that bread that he's representing to is the word. Like if you eat my flesh, John 1 verse 1 says that the, the word became the that the word became flesh. Yes. So if we get up and eat that that word, the word of God is considered to be manna. You get up before the sun rises and you spend time with God and you you you, you search the scriptures. You go through the scriptures. You don't have to do a comprehensive study. Just go do a little, a little prayerful reading. It will trans it will transcend you into the, the secret place. Mm. It'll bring you into a, a, a place of, of solitude. Yeah? Like God is sitting there waiting for you there to come get your manna. He's bringing you the manna. He's waiting for you to come get it in that quietness. So I tell people, get up before the sun rises, anywhere between 4.30 and 5.30, and spend that time with God. And then start your day. And your day will be trans. You'll have a peace that you've never seen, you've never experienced before. Well, you could take like a long walk. You could take a walk. I remember sometimes when I'm dealing with chaotic situations, I take I take a long walk. Or I keep a song in my heart. Like a lot of the times, I, I've worked in chaotic places. Like I've worked in law firms. I've worked in um, social services. I've worked in homeless shelters. And there's always a lot of chaos sometimes. Mercy. Even sometimes at home, at church, like there's always chaos. And what I do is I'll just walk and I'll sing because they say music smooths the most savage beast. And, and in a sense, it, it it works to keep a song in your heart. And you could do that. Like even at church sometimes we start worship with 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 singing. Like we, we do call to worship, which actually is a call to the heavens that we're worshiping before God. So we read the scripture and then we start singing and then we sing, we sing, we sing. And then the word comes. So I think we could do the same thing, you know, read a scripture, sing a song, and then just pray in your heart and find that inner peace within yourself. Sometimes we could even meditate, not meditate in the sense that for you to be a Buddhist, but meditate in a sense where you find a comfortable place and you find your center, where you can find peace within yourself. And from then and there, when you're praying, it's very important that you allow God to speak to you because he speaks to you as well too which is which is awesome and amazing as well too just to put it out there so why do you think sometimes when god speaks to people people don't listen ego pride fear fear is one i believe that the biggest one is the biggest one is fear because uh, sometimes what god calls you to do is not 
it's not easy. That's true. So, I mean, going back to what we were speaking of initially, uh, business, sometimes God may call you to leave that comfortable nine to five to open up your own business. Mm. And uh, it's fearful because God can see further than what it is that you can see. He can see at the end of the road that he has plans. To, he, his, he can see his plan of prosperity that he has for you. Wow. But you can't. All you can see is the unknown. And people are just fearful of, you know, what God has called them to do. So they just sure. don't do it. That is true because majority of the time you have to leave your comfort zone. Yeah. Even even when Jesus was assembling his disciples, he he, he basically asked all of them to leave their jobs. To quit their jobs, man. Yeah, to deny thyself and pick up the cross. Yeah. And in a sense, like, I can say, like, I've dealt with that because... When I first started preaching, like, I wasn't too much into the church. And I dealt with it in a sense that, like, some people weren't too happy about the change in my life. Because some people felt like I was, they felt like basically that I was acting like I was better than them. Like, who do you, who does this guy think he is? Well, that, that, that always happens when uh, the people you used to do stuff with and you change. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. And they see that you change. and they Especially that, church folk. Yeah, and it's like, no. But the same thing happened to Christ, cause, cause when Christ was doing Mercy. all those miracles and he was healing people, and it's like, who does this guy think he is? Isn't that the same guy who's a carpenter? Isn't he the son of the carpenter? Now he's claiming to be son of God. Wow, it's the same thing. And I remember to one point, this kid was like, "Yo, I don't deal with real, real car anymore." He was like, "Why? Oh, cause he thinks he's better than everybody else. He out here." Preaching and just because you talk about Jesus, right? yeah. Just yeah. because you talk about Jesus, you ain't do nothing. You ain't say nothing to them. That's crazy. Yeah, that, that reminds it's me of when I changed. That's what reminds me. Me when too. I, uh, became. I started taking my Christianity seriously. Yeah. It brings back flashbacks. <laughs> a lot. I feel like when you do that, you lose a lot of friends, but at the same time, you gain the respect of yeah. a lot of people because they say, "Okay, if this person could change your life, maybe I can too." That's true. With me, I lost a lot of friends, but I gained people that I needed to be around that was going to help me to develop as a Christian. So uh, whatever it is that you like, like Jesus, his mother, there was a time where his mother and his, his stepbrothers, they felt that he was crazy. So like when he went to heal people, uh, people went back and said, hey, Jesus is healing people. And they're like, oh, is he insane? Wow. And then they went to, to go like get him so that they can like grab him and like bring him back home and say, wow. yo, stop the foolishness. So when they come to where Jesus is, uh, somebody comes to Jesus says, your mother is outside, your mother and your brother are outside looking at you, and he goes, they're looking for you and he goes, who's my mother and my brother you know, those who follow and support me, wow. that's my mother, that's my brother wow. so, you know, even Christ experienced the same thing where people thought he was crazy people thought he was better than them and um, God gave him a support system to help him to, to, to grow so as you, we go through the same thing, you know, we like that's the reason why we all together because God has given us a support system to help us to continue to grow. While there are people out there who may not like what we do, I think that we're stuck up or stush because we're talking about Jesus, or because we we take our time out of take the time out to put uh, our production together to talk about Jesus, and they wouldn't do it, and there they reflect their uh, their their consciousness onto you and say, oh man. It's, it's Guys, really think he's always yeah. on, always on Facebook Live. <laughs> and if guy. anything, they'll they'll bring up your past to try to always. define your future. Always, always, all the time. Mm. All the time. Um, I saw a recent post by you, Mr. Ricketts. You put 
that you don't worship the Sabbath on Saturday. No, oh, I didn't say that. I didn't okay. say that. I didn't say Sorry. that. Sorry. I said me. that uh, going to church on Saturday is not the staple point of Sabbath observance. I agree. So, like many, many Adventists, when they're speaking to people who have objections about the Sabbath or who have questions about the Sabbath, they say, this Sunday, Saturday is the day that you're supposed to go to church. But man, you can go to church any day. That's you can right. go to church and you can, you're supposed to worship any day. Any day that you can go to church and, and, and be in a gathering of people, you're supposed to, uh, you're supposed to, you take the opportunity to do so. Wow. Don't forsake the gathering of, of ourselves together. So, Going to church on Saturday is not the staple point of what Sabbath observance is. The staple point of what Sabbath observance is found in Genesis chapter 1. See what God did through Monday through Friday. On Monday, he created what he created, and he looked back at it, and he said that it was good. He did. He, he worked to the optimal potential of his excellence on Monday, and he saw that it was good. Did the same thing on Tuesday. Did the same thing on... And also... <laughs> the reason why he said it was good because whatever he created was doing what he told he commanded it to do. So he said, "All right, this is good. Whatever I created is doing what I commanded it to do." So he did that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He looked back every single day. He said he looked back at what he created, saw it was following what he commanded it to do, and said it was good. Sunday comes and then he sanctifies all of creation by signing his signature on it. By putting his name on it, which is why Abba is in the word Sabbath. He just wrote his signature on it and sealed it and sanctified it with his holy name. So what Sabbath observance means is, as I go through Monday, God can look at Monday and say, all right, what Andre did was, was good. He did, what, he did what I called him to do spiritually and, and, and his, in his spiritual and earthly purpose. Mm. Tuesday, yeah, yeah, Andre was doing by the power of the Holy Spirit what I commanded him to do. Wednesday, same thing. Thursday, same thing. And then when Sa Sabbath comes, he looks cake. back at the entire week. Yep. And he says, you know what? That was very good. That was very good. Now I turn into my rest. So Sabbath observance is what I do throughout the entire week. Am I following God throughout the entire week so that when I get to the Sabbath, I can just I can now rest in Him. Yes. And that's my, reward. that's my reward from Him because, again, the Sabbath was made for me. Not me for the Sabbath. That's my reward. Yeah. So if you're not if you're not if you're not working to the optimal amount of excellence that God has provided in you spiritually and 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 and, and physically, you're not observing the Sabbath. It doesn't matter if you go to church. You're not observing. The I Sabbath. agree. And the thing is that to be honest with you, there's a lot of churches. Unfortunately, they don't even keep the Sabbath properly. They have board meetings on the Sabbath. Man, I mean, it's not a stone. It's a I went there. Stephanie said they're gonna take you off the air, man. I wish they would. They can't take us off the air. This is our show. Mercy. I'm just letting you know. That's the great thing about this show. We don't owe no one anything, and we pay for this out of pocket. This is not done in any church. This is freedom, and anyone and everyone can watch this. It's just not just tailored to one person, but it's the real word. You got the real life events and things that are occurring, and you get a word from the word of God. Yeah. So shout out. Um, Stephanie said, evaluation can lead to separation, um, or evolution can lead to separation. But that's something you have to be okay with when following Christ. Of course, I feel like when you follow Christ, you're going to have to change. Um, it's just like what John the Baptist said, I'm a man that baptized you in water, but there will be a man that will come after me that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So when you choose to fully accept Christ in your heart, you're not going to be the same. 
I believe what she's saying is just that when you evolve spiritually and, and, and uh, in maturity, um, people who are not going to evolve with you, they just they, it's going to make them upset because they want you to stay where it is that they are. But when you start moving away, it's like, I want to be there, but I don't feel like I can get there. So I'm going to start hating on that person now. Crabs in the bucket. I think I think that's something that occurs a lot, especially within our community. I can say with with black people. Um, a big example is the show. Remember when you and I started the show? We could barely get any guests on the show, like barely get anyone on the show. You know, that's a that's, that's a that's a good that's a good swipe too. <laughs> and and it's like even it took it took a while for people to like really take us seriously with the show. Even when we said that we was going to be on TV, a lot of people didn't believe us. Like, like my son Benry was saying the other day, he said, I believed you, but it wasn't until I actually <laughs> saw it that I really believed it. Wow, I didn't even take it like that. Wow. And some t No, because that's exactly what he said. That's right. He said he believed it, but when he seen it in front of him, he really believed it. And mm. I think that's what it is with everybody and everything. Like, we could have said we're going to be on TV and no one would have believed us. And if we wasn't, and if we never came on TV, they're like, haha, I told you so, that they wouldn't do it. It's like if we was to stop this show tomorrow, people would be like, haha, I told you so. Yeah. Because there's so much people that's waiting for us to, like, you know, mm. give up. Mm. Even some certain people that we did business with, yeah. they try to hinder the show. That's at the true. Same time. That's true. But the show still keeps on going, regardless. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the last episode is bigger than you and I. It's bigger than any guest that came on the show. That's true. You know? And if we were to just sit back and speak about it, then no one would really believe in, in it. But because it's playing before your eyes, then you can see it. It's almost like because of social media and because of the way the world is taking it today, it's like we grew up on TV. Because people grew up and they saw your story from when you was in Canarsie rapping to when you went to, to college and you changed your life and you started to study theology to your life, Mr. Ricketts, where you were studying <laughs> what you were studying when you were younger to how your life has changed now when you said that. I remember you was telling a story that he brought about how at one point, like, you were going through a lot, I guess, psychologically, and you had to separate yourself, and then you started studying, you started studying, you started studying, and then you looked at yourself, and you was like, okay, I got to change myself, and you made a whole 360 change. Tell the people a little bit about that. Well, uh, I was, I've been in the Adventist faith my entire life, but I never really had a relationship with God. I was just going to church, and that's the, that's the life of many young people today. And um, I never really studied anything, but I would always bash, you know, what the church believed or whatever. And I was just waiting to get out of my parents' house. I had like a prodigal son experience. I was waiting to get out of my parents' house and go and live life and party and live it up. And uh, when I got to college, a year a year into college, I moved out, moved out deep into Long Island and got into relationships. And I thought that life was fulfilled by the things that I could, material things that I could gain, like the cars, the, the, the place, uh, my own place, woman, um, money. And I had all that at one point, and then um, God saw the where I was going, and he saw the purpose that it is that he had on my life. Wow. Satan tried to take me many times when I was in those things, man. I can tell you stories, and I still kept riding with Satan, man. But, uh, yeah, God brought me to a point where it was just like he took away the woman, he took away the, the, the apartment, he took away the car, he took away the job, he took away the bank account, he made my degree useless. 
And all those things that I thought that gave my life worth was gone. So I thought, you know what? Uh, I don't want to live no more. And I was like, you know what? I was going to commit suicide. And um, I, I remember the God that my mother would tell me about. And I was like, listen, man, I got to be honest with you. I prayed. I was like, I got to be honest with you. I never really took you for seriously. I can't sit here and act like I had I have any kind of relationship with you. But if you show me that my life has any kind of purpose then I'm not going to kill myself. But you have to make me feel like I'm out here a wasting breath, breathing in air that somebody else could be using for to, to breathe, who has, who can, who's going to be, who's here for a reason. And uh, I remember I felt cold at that moment on the inside. I felt empty. And then I felt as if, as I finished, as I finished praying that prayer, and I said, if you do this for me, I will do anything that you tell me to do. I'll go anywhere you tell me to go. I will say whatever you tell me to say. But just give my life a purpose. And I felt as if somebody hugged me at that moment. I felt like this, this embrace. Now the moment that I knew that God was real. Then I locked myself up in my room for like two months. And I just, I read the Bible from back, from front to, to back. And then from back to front. Then I got commentaries. And I started studying the commentaries. Then I started calling my friends like, man, you see all the stuff that I was doing? This is what the Bible was saying about it. And, and I was like, you know what, let me see if this Adventist stuff is, is for real or if it's just a joke. And I started studying all that stuff objectively outside of, because I didn't know what it is that I believed in the begin, to, to begin with. So I, I studied it objectively and I saw that, you know, this stuff is, this stuff is real. And so one day, like, uh, there was one day where somebody, well, I have a friend who who's a Baptist. And uh, we were sitting down, we were talking, and she was talking about Sunday and my Sabbath is done away with. And that's another reason why I went back and studied. Like, I couldn't explain. I was like, well, the, well, she's like, why do you go to church on Saturday? And I was just like, uh, uh, so that made me go back and study even more. Why do I go to church on Saturdays? Like, what is this thing about the Sabbath? And uh, I started studying for like months, months. I didn't have a job, so I get up 9 in the morning. I study all through the day, all through the night. I wouldn't go to sleep, just study. And then one day somebody was like, uh, one of Somebody at my church was like, listen, man, I was supposed to do an AY program, and whoever had it, they, whoever was, I had to do it, they canceled last minute. I just need somebody to do a program. You just go up there. It doesn't matter what you do. If you just tap dance, I don't care. Just, uh, just, just put a program on. So I put a program on about music and, and, and uh, uh, Christianity and, like, what how what's in secular music and in media draws us away from God. And um, when I was doing it, like people's mouths just dropped. And I'm like, I'm just telling you about what I studied, like what's so significant about it. So I kept talking, I keep talking, I keep talking. And then as I'm talking, I feel this thing inside of me. And it's like, man, I feel like, I feel, I felt awesome. And then I remember the prayer I prayed. And I was like, God, if you give my life a purpose, I'll do whatever it is that you want, you want me to do. And it's at that moment I realized my purpose is to do what I'm doing right now. And I felt like I felt like there's no amount of money that anybody can give me to do anything else. If I could do that without having to, to if I could do that and 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 I didn't have to work anywhere else and I just eat ramen noodles every single day for to sustain myself, I will do that because that it's like I was created to do that. That's that's the passion. And that's the passion. When you're called and um, to do something, 
and 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 you love what you do because that's what God has called you to do, nothing else matters. I agree. And uh, so like that's why you see my wife and I. We do all those videos. People think we're looking to be seen. That's what I was created to do. I can't do anything else. I can't do anything else other than to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world. But, but my question is that how do you, the thing is that you see to, to answer that I feel like that 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 both said that's a, that's an ignorant answer. I mean, how do you guys get yourselves out there? You guys gotta post. You guys gotta. You know what I'm saying? You feel me, man of God? So, so for example, for example, you, you said that basically like. They feel like you guys are trying to be seen. Like, for me, that doesn't make any sense. Like, for example, like, look at Eric Thomas, mm -hmm. right? He had to put his stuff out there. And 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 with him being consistent, he is who he is today. I, I, I don't even think he was looking to put himself out there. First of all, with that, that video that made him go viral, the, the video that made him, like, blew him up about Mike Tyson. Yeah. He didn't even shoot that video. Somebody was watching him speak, and they just pulled their camera out, and they shot he was just doing what God created him exactly, to do. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. He does every single day. He gets up and he does what God, cre God, God created him to do. And I'm, I'm do the same thing. You guys are doing what God created you to exactly, do. Exactly. So, uh, you know, people just got to take solace in that, man. It's not about being seen. It's like, if we're not doing this, there's no purpose in living, man. There's no purpose in living if, if I'm not living for sharing the gospel. There's no purpose. There's I no agree. purpose in living, man. I think somebody made it a comment, no? Yeah, someone, Stephanie, shout Stephanie, shout to your wife because she's watching, shout to Alexandra. You gotta be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie said, remember doubting Thomas with Jesus in the Bible. No, this, oh yeah, when Thomas doubted. Yeah, when, what, what was that in regards to? What was she, what is she? Referring? I guess she's referring to like people doubting us or people doubting your, your, your faith or people doubting that, that Christ was the son of God. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So, back to what you were saying, right? I know one of the things you and your wife have together is that home health aid company. Yeah, we have a, a, a home care agency where okay. we provide nurses or we provide home health aids to people who need long-term care inside of their, inside of their homes. So uh, that's what it is that we do on the earthly purpose and then the spiritual purpose. We do and, and, and how has that been and everything, starting that up and everything? Oh, man. First off, uh, starting a business is... Work. Hard. <laughs> and um, one, it's what God calls for all Christians to do. All of us should have something that it is that we own because God called us to be the head. Exactly. Of the he yes. We have the inheritance through Abraham... Galatians 2.29, of owning. So that's the inheritance that we get through Abraham, that ownership. We're supposed to own it. If you look at in the other side of Brooklyn, Jews over there, they own they're holding, they're holding it down. And it's not because of their skin color. It's not. It's because of their faith, why they have what it is that they have. That's true. So they're following the I same think, biblical precepts that it is that we have. And, and, I think, and they're prospering. And, and, and I, think, I think there's a lot <laughs> in regards to so what they're doing but like I think that's an episode for another time but the thing is that what I want to say is I, I love I love the principle of what they do in regards to they, they invest in the seven types of people for example you have the banker you have the baker you have the um, optometrist you have the person that owns the grocery store you have the person that sells welling dresses uh -huh. you have the person that sells shoes yeah. all of them Invest in each other. That money does not need the community at all. Understood. And I believe that's 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 what's being done with us. 
And I think that's what we need to do in a large scale, that we need to invest in each other, support each other, because we are the biggest consumers in America, period. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, no one is keeping us from being able to get what it is that we Exactly. We're, except, for, except for ourselves. Exactly. We're, we're except for ourselves. So I was speaking to my wife about this the other day. So uh, ownership is what ownership is what causes what's going to cause us to grab back our communities. We're not looking to own. Sadly, African Americans, so it's like, got this phone. The iPhone 10 came out. iPhone 10, cheapest one you're going to get is like a thousand, eleven hundred dollars. All right, so for you to get that, you have to finance it. Some people live in basements, or some people live in apartments, but they're driving a, a 2017 uh, BMW. Yeah. Got to finance it. Yeah, of course. Some people are looking to get. An iPod, you gotta finance it. They don't own anything. The bank owns it. Uh, T-Mobile owns it. Whoever it is that's own owns it, and they're just taking their money that they can be using to invest in other things. I don't need to have a, a, a 2017 BMW if I'm not set yet. I can use that money to invest in myself. I don't need an iPhone 10. I can use a flip phone, but what we do is if you see somebody with a flip phone, we're going to stop making fun of that person. But that person can use that money that they're saving to invest in themselves. I don't need a, uh, uh, the newest iPad that came out, and I don't have to, I don't have to finance it. I think it depends on I think it depends on what you do with it. Like, say, for example, you buy a brand new car. Like, if you're, if you're using it to, to make money, then it's an asset instead of a liability. Same thing with your phone. If you're using, if you get the new iPhone to shoot, like, if you're a photographer, if you're making videos, and then you can make the money back that you spent on that's the But that's phone. investing in yourself. Yeah. That's investing in yourself. If you need, like, I do, I got this because I do videos as well. So if I don't have my, if I don't have my, my Sony A7S, I can record with my iPhone because it, it can shoot, it can do 4K. Mm -hmm. So, but there are people who just have it just to make phone calls. They're not making anything back from it. They're not investing in themselves. Exactly. So what we do as a people, we're looking to, to look rich without being rich, and we're spending, and we're becoming slaves to different, different companies who own, who own, like if, I don't, if you don't pay that bill, Sprint's coming back, or T-Mobile's coming back to take the phone, or BMW's coming back, or the bank that owns it is coming back to take that phone. Some people are not willing to say, you know what, right now I don't have it, so I'm going to put $2,000 down. I'm going to buy a car for like $2,000 or $3,000, and I'm just going to just pay uh, uh, car insurance and not have to pay a $700 uh, uh, car payment. You know, there's people who are paying $700 car payment and $300, and $300 uh, insurance. insurance and are only making uh, uh, $1,000 a week. If you're paying seven hundred bi weekly. If you're paying seven hundred for a car or three hundred for insurance, you better have like a Porsche panorama or something because that's a thousand dollars a year. But yeah. that's what that's what people are doing. They're they're and then we, we cry out, Oh, the system is keeping us from being able to uh, to excel. No, we're keeping ourselves from being able to excel because we're looking to have excess. We're looking at material things instead of looking at what can I do to invest in myself so that I can be able to grow? So how well, my wife and I did, uh, we just started investing in ourselves. I can buy a car now. I can buy an even better car now, but I, I'm going to buy uh, this car that I have, right, this Jeep that I have right here, and not have to pay any car payments. And I'm just going to pay my car insurance, $250 car insurance, 
and just keep investing in myself. If I need more video equipment, I'm going to get more video equipment. If I need more stuff for the business, I'm going to get more stuff for the business. If I need stuff for the ministry, I'm going to get more stuff for the ministry. I'm going to keep investing in myself. But when we get our check, we don't do any, we don't do any kind of investing in ourselves. And then we blame the, we blame, you know, our oppressors for, for keeping us down when we ourselves keep ourselves down by the mindset that society has given us. And that's why I have this organization called All the Day to change the way that society is telling you things. Society is telling you, go get the iPhone. Yeah. Pay, you know, put $20 down. That's okay. Put $20 down. And then you can pay $50 a month and you can get this iPhone. No, man. No, go get a regular, go get a, 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 a cheap phone, man, and just make your phone calls there. Save your money. And you, do, you, you, do, you do better. When you get better, then do it then. Shaman said, oh. Keeping up with the Joneses will keep you from the blessing of ownership. It's true. It'll keep, you won't be able to own. That's why we don't own. That's why you don't see you know, black businesses all over the place. Because they don't have... The credit is bad because of they're just financing everything away and then they can't make the payments afterwards. Then when you go to make a loan, you can't get the loan. Then we say, oh, man, a white man's keeping us down. Plus, we don't have a niche in, in, in our own communities or of a, a business that will succeed like the Chinese do or like the Indians do or like yeah. the Jews do. You know, it's, it's not always the oppressor. We have, to, we have to also look at ourselves. And the Bible gives us principles on how it is um, that we are created to own and how it is that we can do it. So, I think so. I think a lot of people, they don't have the ambition to try to own things because it is a huge risk. I think a lot of people, they're scared to make that leap. In a sense of buying a home, like you would have to get out a mortgage and certain people, they feel like, I guess they feel like they might lose their job at any point or they might not or that they might get sick or something might occur and then they might not be able to keep that home but some people are just comfortable where they are like some people are comfortable with getting 250 a month from the government some people are comfortable with living in sexting housing some people are comfortable with living in the housing projects well with that comfort we never go being staying in that comfort we're never going to go anywhere like god had to put israel in discomfort for israel to grow and to be able to fit the purpose that he created israel for and the same thing for us. We're never going to grow unless we die, we delve in out outside of our our uh, our comfort zones. And yeah, it's scary. It's very scary to, for, for me and my wife. We almost lost the house. There's days where I'm like when she got pregnant, I'm eating ramen noodles to make sure that she got she gets food. Like it's scary and it's stressful. But if you put your faith in God, God'll hand will carry you from from the 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 bottom from where, where the foundation of whatever it is that you're trying to build. And if you just stay consistent and just trust him, he'll bring, he, like he has plans to prosper and, everybody. And you see and this, pro prosperity might not might not be having a million dollars, but prosperity will you, be you being able to pay every single one of your bills and to be able to sustain yourself. You see what's so amazing, the thing is that, and I think this is you know very phenomenal because I know, and I like how Ricard always is transparent. I'm transparent and you're transparent. A lot of times, People see the glory, but they don't see the story. So, so looking from looking from the outside in, you know, you know, you know, Facebook with the imagery and everything. Oh, they got it together. Everything is, you know, what I'm saying, you know, what I'm saying. So, and, and I think a lot of times people focus on 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 the glory. It's rough, man. But but it's you know, but there's there's a story. It's rough, man. My my wife and I started. It's 
it's it's rough. We probably write a book about it, man. It's rough, man. Yeah. And uh, we're not we're not there yet. God's still developing us, but He's brought us to the place where all that stuff pales into comparison to the glory that it is that He's revealing in us presently, where we have absolutely nothing to worry about now. Wow. I remember mean, when I was younger, I used to live in the basement. Like I used to live in a basement room, and then like. I said, never think to myself I could ever afford like like a one bedroom or two bedroom apartment. I, and I'm like, how could I afford to pay rent, to pay gas, to pay electricity, to pay car note, and to like still pay for food and still like dress nice? Because I like to dress nice. I'm not gonna lie. So I, so I asked myself, how I'm gonna pay for all this? And then when I got married, I was like, damn, now I got a family, and how I'm gonna pay for all of this? But I can say like. God provide, yep. and and God has blessed me in a sense where like I'm able to provide for my family and I'm able to make payments on time because it is a struggle. Like people see 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 the outside and you think everything is is beautiful, everything is alright. But like you gotta understand, everything we have every month, we gotta make payments on every single little thing. And as soon as the money comes into our hands, they all get paid one by one by one by one by one. So I tell people like, yeah. Like, they're like, oh, you look nice. Oh, you got this, you got that. I'm like, yeah, I work hard. And, and and they'll laugh, but I'm dead serious. I work hard. Every morning, I wake up 5.30. Some days, I don't get home till like, 11.30, 12 at night. And I got to wake up the very next day, 5.30. And sometimes, like, days go by. I, I don't even get to see my family sometimes. I got to take a day off just to spend time with my family. And, like, it gets hard sometimes. Like, Every day, like I tell my wife, some, some, sometimes I dead feel like quitting. Sometimes I feel like quitting my jobs, going someplace quiet and don't have to deal with none of this and just forget it. Like, cause sometimes you dead feel like you're going to lose your mind. And like me working at a shelter, it gave me a different, Yo, like a different look. I saw people. it today, man. Like he came in today. And it's like, there's people in there, you ask them, it was young people, like younger than me, like 25, 24, 26 and in the shelter. There's people that I went to school with. And I'm like, yo, how you end up there? They're like, I lost my job. And I'm like, damn, that's exactly what it is. We're all one paycheck away from being there. And like, from losing our mind, from being there, you know? And it's, and I was talking to someone the other day, like, uh, uh, she was an occupational therapist. Wow. And then we was talking, and I was like, these people don't only need shelter. They need healing, physical, spiritual, emotional they need all those type of healing, like they, because I feel like with all of us, we needed all of that to get to where we was at. That's right. Because we could have read all the books in the world and still be weak spiritually. We could have worked out every single thing, still be weak mentally, you know. And even if we were strong physically, because a lot of us are strong physically, but we lack spiritually. So any single thing that happens, we are ready, we're ready to give up and off ourselves. Look how much people are so quick to give up on God. Because they, they lack that spirit. Look how much of us, like, we go through one thing and then we're like, oh my gosh, I can't take it no more, I'm done. Like, even in the story of Job, like, it shows that he was afflicted over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But he stayed, he stayed yeah. in. He stayed like, in. How much of us nowadays have that type of faith? Well, I mean, that goes back to, that goes back to spending time with God. And there was something that you said earlier that we're all one paycheck away. Uh... That is not a experience that God is looking for us to have. If we only have one set, one revenue stream, mm -hmm. then we're a slave to whoever 
uh, is given that one piece of, of, of revenue stream. That's a fact. We're supposed to have multiple revenue I streams agree. where you see the Jews have multiple revenue streams. You know, something that's interesting, I, go, I like this place called the Ice Cream House. It's run by uh, a couple of uh, the Hebrew people out here. I seen a 16-year-old kid, man, managing the store, man. There was a bunch of uh, Spanish people that were working there, but the 16-year-old, it wasn't even 16, it was 14. 14-year-old kid managing the store, and they were training him. That's besides the point. Uh, that's besides the point. If you ever have me, if you ever have me come back now, here, but, but, speak but, about... Hold up, but, but that's a great point. 14 years old, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's a Jew, they're right? They're training him. They're training he's, him. He's a Jew, right? They're training him. Exactly. training him to own. But, uh, but, See, but, but, Wow. I don't even know why that just came popped in my mind, but the the one revenue stream. So God has given us various gifts and talents that's supposed to make room for us. That room is supposed to bring in. It's supposed to bring in. Uh, uh, it's also some, can be used to bring in a profit for us, as well as glorifying the name of the Lord. It's like Paul. Paul was a, a tent or a, a net maker. When he needed to to provide for himself in his ministry, he was able to sell those things when people weren't willing to give offerings or to donate to the ministry. When people weren't, were willing, weren't willing to give to whever it is that you're trying to do, he had something to be able to create for himself. Like, uh, I think it died. Uh, God gave him something, a gift to create something. So each and every one of us has something that's within us that we can use to uh create for our own self so that we don't be that one paycheck away. So what I decided to do is, you know what? God gave me the ability to write. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write books and I'm going to continue to write books. And if anything happens, I have a revenue stream over there. God has given my wife and I the ability to manage, uh, to be healthcare professionals. We're going to create for ourselves in this, in this realm by his, his grace. And we have that stream of revenue. We have DVDs that we're going to make. And that's going to be another stream of revenue. So you have different streams of revenue so that if anything ever happens, you can always fall back on something. Because if you lose that job, then that's it. And that's not what God ever intended for us. That's a fact. Like I was speaking about the other day, like I remember when I was at my last job, basically like sometimes when you see that, because a lot of people nowadays, their their biggest fear is losing their job. Even if they go to the work every day and they complain about it, but their biggest fear is losing their job. Like I remember at my old job, like they basically like threaten you sometimes when they feel like they want to control you. They basically threaten you like, oh, do do you want to keep your job or you should be lucky that you have a job? Now I remember when I got my second job and I had and then I got my independent contractor job. I was so happy. Like I was like, you guys like basically like. If if something was to occur, I have that I, I have that revenue in the background, and I think most of us we need to do that. I think one good way is to try to eventually invest in some property, and that way, if you can get like a house that gives you residual income coming in, then I think that's a good way. I think if you could do like a side part-time job, like maybe a delivery job, or maybe you could do taxi or Uber on the side, like that's good too. But other things, you know, other things that will keep income coming in. And if you could work a job, if you could get income from a job that you don't have to work, as in you get other people to work for you, I think that's great too. Like make your money, make money for you. What I would say is use the gift that God gave you. Ask God what, one, ask God what his purpose is for you, for your life. And then two, find out what gifts and talents that it is that he's given you. And sit down with God and ask him, how can you benefit off of these gifts and talents because he's given it to you for 
a reason. He's, he's invested in you so that you can make an investment within yourself and also that you can bring back return of souls on that investment that he made in you. So, like, if you're talented singing, how can you make money? How can you support yourself singing? You got Beverly Burton out there making albums, like doing whatever it is that you can, writing her own music, recording herself, and going all over the world and singing and selling, and selling music independently. And that's somebody from the Adventist church. So, you know, and this Pete, like my, my, my homeboy and my homegirl that, that just opened a cafe, their gift is cooking and, they, and cooking plant-based food. And they went out to uh, Boston. Somebody gave them, like practically just handed them a spot with everything that was, and like God ordained it for them. And they're out there and their business is booming. Like people are coming in there like droves. So God has given us these talents to benefit ourselves, but are we using it? Are we benefiting off of our talents? If you can speak, you should be out there speaking, man. Yes. And people will start throwing stuff. Like people in the secular world, they want, they they desire motivation. If you can speak, people will start throwing money at you for you to come motivate people. Like whatever talent that it is that you have, God has given to Definitely. you so that you could you it will so that it will create room for you. Yeah, that's true. And guys, I just hope that y'all support this show and y'all support Brother Rickards and support Brother Sanders, even support my brother John here. Like we all starting, we all have businesses and we all trying to do different routes and we all men of color, you know. So if you can, if we can do it, you guys could do it. We just here to motivate the masses, put everything in front of you guys so you could see it and live in color and you could see that it's true. I want to shout out somebody real quick. I want to shout out what? Nate, the sound guy. <laughs> this guy's about to take over the sound scene. He's about to take over for David Foster. He, for like all Adventist events in the area, this guy is, this guy is awesome. Uh, he's an awesome worker. He like he like this guy grinds, 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 and I see that he's getting popular now. So, shout out to Nate, the sound guy. If you have an event that you you're looking to to do where you need sound, hit up Nate, the sound guy, man. Like look at the bottom, you see his name. Just click on his name and and uh, uh, email him and let him know what what it is that you need. And he got you, man. Shout out to Nate. One day, hopefully, you'll come up and show some support. Definitely. <laughs> and guys, please don't forget. Like I said, I believe by. Thursday, we should be able to purchase turkeys. Guys, give what you guys can. We're almost near our mark. We appreciate all the support, the contribution. Let's make it happen in Jesus Christ's name. Again, whoever you know that needs a turkey, come this Saturday. We're located at 920 Park Place. Mm -hmm. Between Park Place and New York Avenue. Guys, we thank everyone from the bottom of our hearts that supported us, that's been supporting us, and that continues to support us. You know, you've seen us grow up. You've seen the changes in us. You see what we do in the community. Yes. Don't just say it out your mouth like, yeah, man, keep doing your thing. Yeah, man, keep doing your support. thing. No. Support. support. Yeah, man. Share the video. Share the flyers at least. Just hit the share button. Like a lot of you guys like, yo, I see you doing your thing. I see you change a lot. Yo, big up to you. What? Support. Share the video. What's so What's so hard about pressing the share button? What's so hard about sharing the fly? Even if you don't like me personally or you don't like Sanders personally, you got to respect what we're doing in the community. Like, no one else is doing this. Literally, no one else. Especially not, not, not two young brothers of color. How much of us is actually doing this? If you see somebody doing something great, support the movement. Yes. Like, that's the problem with us. Like, we don't like to support each other. We'd rather hate on each other. We'd rather downplay each other. But then when you see someone make it, you want to start all this drama for what? Like, support the show. Support the show. Like, 
We're still here. After 23 episodes, we're still here. Remember, we started off in the basement. We're still here after 23 episodes. This takes consistency. This takes blood, sweat, tears, and sacrifices. Yes. It's not easy. Every day we got, every, every week we got to come here. We got to edit for TV. We're doing a lot. Like, and this started from just a thought. So if you can see two brothers like us from the same backgrounds as you that started this as just a thought and that brought it into action and that's doing work in the community and that's preaching the word and that's talking about real life situations from and it's full frontal in front of your face like support that try to be a part of the movement help build the movement bigger than what it is right now because it can only get bigger from here it's only either going to become bigger or it's going to end and if you want it to continue guys you got to help us out each one, teach one, and we can all build together. Can, can I give a shameless plug? Yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm going to do a shameless plug right here. If you know anybody that, or if you or your family member needs a, a, a LPN, an RN, or a home LFA, please hit me up. Yes. Again, my organization, my wife and I and my mother-in-law organization is called Detti Home Care Services. We service Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, Bronx, Staten Island, and Nassau County. Uh, and if you know anybody that needs a home LPA, LPN, or uh, RN, just please give me a call at 347-261-8733. That's 347-261-8733. If you need somebody to preach at your church for youth day or just to preach at your church in general, hit me up again at the same number. If you need somebody to come to your school or your college to do some any sort form of motivational speaking yes. or to speak at uh, the Christian club, please uh, hit me up. I have books on Amazon. Just type in my name, Andre, A-N-D-R-A-E-B, Ricketts. I got three books out. One is called uh, Understanding the Character of Jesus Christ. The other one is called uh, Jesus Christ at the Center of Your Journey to Marriage. And the other one is called uh, end Time Satan's End Time Distractions for God's Remnant Church. And I have another one. I have another one coming out, two more coming out before, by the end of this year. Uh, one is on on what we were, talk, we were talking about earlier, Christian business and Christian entrepreneurship. And the other one is about, uh, is an exposition on Romans wow. chapter 1, which is uh, in regards to what is the gospel, understanding the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. So please pick up my books, please support. Uh, and hey, homeboy, um, the voice of another option. Oh, uh, Kurt Monroe, my, 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 uh, another one of my friends, Kurt Monroe, he has a ministry called The Voice is Not an Option. If you want somebody to come out to do a marriage or singles ministry event at your church, please hit them up at Daniel3 at www.divorceisnotanoption3.com. That's www.divorceisnotanoption3.com. You can find them on Facebook on at Kurt Monroe or at Sandy Monroe. And we'll put all the links in the notes in the description for you to follow up. Again, one more time. This Saturday from 4 to 6 at 920 Park Place, we're going to give away turkeys for free. If you know someone that needs a turkey, don't be selfish. Don't look at this video and be like, okay, whatever. Don't be selfish. Yes. Share the information. You're helping a family eat for Thanksgiving. Yes. Like, do your due diligence, people. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that the real word... Jordan River SDA yes. and the Winter Circle Church, sponsored part by Ricardo Noel and Brother Sander Camo, yes. in partner with John Webbs, located at 637 Wilson Avenue yes. in Brooklyn, Support. is giving out free turkeys. Free turkeys, people. Free turkeys. And yes. we all know how you people love free stuff. And remember, too, for the community, is not for the church. 
Would it be clear upon that? But if there's people in the church that needs turkeys, yeah, that's fine. then we got you because okay. the church is a place of healing. That's also, right. I also forgot to give my uh, websites. Um, my The website for the home care agency is www.dettihomecareservice.com. That's www.dettihomecareservice.com. HomeCareService.com and the website for the ministry slash community service uh, uh, portion of our, our, our business is www.alttrinc.com and you can also email me at alttrinc at gmail.com at Alter Inc. Sorry, alttrinc at gmail.com Alter Inc. at gmail. Shout out, shout out. Any closing uh, thoughts, guys? Amazing. Let's just keep supporting each other. I love this. Uh, invest in yourself, man. The first thing that you do when you get your check, find a way to invest in yourself to better yourself. And look towards ownership. Stop, stop financing. Look towards ownership, man. That's the only way that we're all going to get better and support each other. Let's support, start supporting each other. Yes. And guys, we ask you, we thank you for your continued support. We thank you for the continued love. Please share this video. Please share the real word on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, wherever. Please continue to support all of our ministries. We're going to keep giving you good programming. Shout out to the brick. We're going to get our own series starting in April. So we're going to be on every week. On TV, on Verizon, Comcast, and Files. And Files. Files. Files is Verizon and Optimum. So we're making moves, people. Um, donate to the GoFundMe, www.gofundme.com backslash the real word, spelled out T H E word, the real word. So, and we thank you because this is episode 23. We thank everyone that's been watching. We're going to close out with a prayer. So, Brother Ricketts. Go ahead. All right, dear God, we give your name all the praise, honor, and the glory for bringing us so far through another day. We give you the praise, honor, and the glory for allowing us to be able to do something like this, uh, for these two young men to be able to have what it is that they have so that they may be able to do what they're doing for your name's honor and glory. Uh, we pray that people that were watching this were blessed. We pray that the Spirit spoke through us, and if there's anything that it is that we've said that wasn't uh, of uh, your word or of your will, please uh, uh, let us know uh, or reprimand us so that in the future we may not do that and that we may be able to uh, just uh, represent you in the, the most proper light as possible. Please be with us all until we meet again in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. 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 So we thank you all for watching. We'll be back next week. Take care, everyone.